This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Coming up next on Plains FM, the Shetland and Orkney Connection, brought to you by the Canterbury Shetland and Orkney Society. Played by Shetland Band Homebrew, signal 8.30pm the last Monday each month for the Shetland and Orkney Connection, produced by the Canterbury Shetland and Orkney Society and broadcast on Plans FM 96.9, either directly in Canterbury or streaming live globally on broadband, or available for three months after the broadcast via podcast on the website www.plansfm.org.nz. to the December edition of the Shetland and Orkney Connection. It's presented by the Canterbury Shetland and Orkney Society and is promoted by Community Radio Plains FM 96.9. The programme is broadcast at 8.30pm on the last Monday of each month and is repeated on Monday two weeks later at noon. I'm Heather Craw and today I have Jan Mackay with me. We do hope you all had a nice time with your families over the Christmas period. My son and his family live in Melbourne, 
and because of COVID, I had not seen them for over two years, and I know that many of you have the same problem. Christmas was pretty quiet for my husband and I. We did have a visit from my brother from Queenstown on Christmas Eve and had Christmas dinner with our daughter and her partner. They live quite close to us here in Christchurch. And what about you, Jan? Did you have a nice Christmas? Yes, thank you very much. Lovely time with my family. Oh, that's good. Mm. Now, there is just hogmanay to look forward to. I read somewhere recently that in a few years when they stop mining, there will not be much coal around. What will you do if there's no coal to take with you? If you have a good piece, it may pay to look after it so you can take it with you when you go first footing. Yeah, it's going to be a problem there, isn't it? You just have to start hoarding coal. (laughs) COVID is still alive and well with this new variant Omicron. Here our borders have been tightened again, especially with Australia. And this is of concern as so many have family in both countries. I see that Shetland so far has had about 1,200 reported cases since the pandemic started. It's high, isn't it? Mm, Considering the small population. Yeah, a lot came in from, uh, you know, out out of the islands here. Yeah. A four-day weekend to celebrate Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee is to go ahead next summer. The move was approved by the Orkney Islands Area Licence Board at their latest meeting. To mark the Queen's 70th year on the throne, the weekend of June the 2nd to the 5th has been set aside for the celebrations. Oh, so it's getting a bit tricky. She's not getting any younger, is she? <laughs> 70 years on the throne is incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Shared cabins are unlikely to be available on Northlink ferries anytime soon and may never return. Transport Scotland's Alec McCabe said there was no likelihood of the shared facilities returning while COVID was still a major factor. Gender identity posed questions about their return in the long term. It is getting to be a bit of a minefield as some groups were not prepared to share cabins with people who now identified as a different gender to their sex at birth. Now it's not just as simple as male and female sharing a cabin. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. So the best thing is just give everyone, give everyone their own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cost, though, that's a thing. That's yeah. a minefield mm. of a discussion. It is, isn't it? Mm. The weather has not been the greatest around the islands over the last few weeks. Storm Arwen caused widespread disruption, even if the worst of the storm missed Orkney. School pupils were sent home early and ferries were cancelled, and an amber weather warning was issued. The northerly wind brought down the temperature, and Orcadians woke on Sunday with the first snow of the season. The worst of the wind gusts hit 71 miles per hour in Kirkwall, 74 miles per hour around Fair Isle, and 90 miles per hour recorded in Rousey. Mm. I did see some lovely photos that um, a local wildlife photographer took during the storm. Very mm. impressive. Yeah, there's been some interesting photos on Facebook and that. Mm. Mm. Anne Cleves, author of the Jimmy Perez novels, which led to the BBC's crime series Shetland, recently cut the ribbon and officially opened the refurbished Lerwick Library. Anne also selected the winners in a prize drawer for signed copies of books. The extensively modernised and decorated premises are said to offer more than 50% additional floor space. This makes it better able to house over 60,000 books and materials. The £1.6 million refurbishment means all library services will now operate under one roof, including browsing, book browsing I should say, and borrowing and the computer suite. Mm, Good. 
Eight of Shetland's more remote areas will get improved mobile phone 4G coverage by 2024. The upgrade is part of the Shared Rural Network Programme, agreed last year, and will see 600 rural locations across Scotland targeted to reduce partial hotspots or not spots. Not, not spots, they are, yeah, <laughs> That's not a spots. Good term. Yeah. Partial not spots in mobile coverage. Yes, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be happy about that when I, they get coverage. I yeah. imagine. A new £125 million hospital could be built in Lerwick within five years. NHS Shetland agreed recently for the Gilbert Bain Hospital replacement proposals to be sent for financial approval early next year. Calls for a new hospital have been growing ever since an audit report in 2019 revealed that the current building was not fit for purpose. The latest plans include provision for housing for up to 100 staff, carbon net zero design and a helipad. St Magnus Cathedral in Kirkwall was recently named Europe's top 100 cathedrals and while it may be hard to believe, one of Orkney's most revered historical treasures just became a little bit more magnificent. After months of labour, the temporary screen inside the main entrance has been removed, revealing the new wooden and glass vestibule. Meredith Macbeth St Magnus Cathedral's Historical Outbuildings Conservator, said, We are absolutely delighted with the work so far, and the new vestibule truly enhances the entryway of this wonderful building. The cathedral is so precious that it was hard to contemplate making any changes for fear they wouldn't do the building justice. However, in this case, it's been an absolutely wonderful transformation. The craftsmanship Craftsmanship is outstanding, and we now have an addition which befits this treasured building. Some of the cathedral's stonework also enjoyed a facelift recently, with repointing with lime mortar of the interior and exterior of the west door. Yeah, there was a picture of the new vestibule in the arcade, um, and it does it's lovely. Yeah, because it was fairly plain as you came in the main. Right. Uh, yeah, in the cathedral. Yeah, but it certainly. St Magnus is on my to-do list. I've been there twice now and walked around the outside but never gone in. (laughs) Oh, I've been to a wedding there and I've been to an Easter service and it didn't fall down, so I was quite impressed. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't hit by lightning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A plaque presented to Shetland star Douglas Henshaw has been removed to prevent householders from being disturbed. The Hollywood-style star was installed in October outside the Loadbury in Lerwick, where Douglas Henschel's character D.I. Jimmy Perez lives. The building's actual owner had not been asked permission, and he raised a complaint on the grounds of pedestrian safety. The Shetland Island Council agreed to move the plaque to minimise disturbance to the householders. It will be relocated to an alternative location which features in the Shetland series. Douglas had unveiled the star, which celebrates the show's positive impact on the Shetland tourist industry after finishing filming Series 6. He said at the time, it's been our privilege to come and work for the last 10 years and for our work to be commemorated in this way by Visit Scotland and the Shetland Island Council is both wonderfully surprising and genuinely touching. Recently, a number of dead and dehydrated birds, including puffins, have washed up on the northeast of Scotland and Orkney's beaches. Kate Carmichael of Fleet and Carmichael Veterinary explained that the practice had taken in a total of six puffins so far. Sadly, two of them died 
and the others were being cared for with rehydration fluids. The surviving puffins were thin, weak and dehydrated. This can happen from time to time after a storm. And they did have that big storm earlier this year, uh, this month to her year. What a shame. A mobile operating theatre has arrived in Lerwick to address the surgical backlog that has grown during the COVID pandemic. NHS Shetland said the temporary facility would enable around 100 patients to undergo orthopaedic treatments, including joint replacements, locally rather than having to go to Aberdeen. Cataract surgery and ear, nose and throat procedures will also be provided. It will be great that patients receive treatment safely, quickly and without unnecessary travel because they've always got to go down to Scotland and it's, you know, away from family and that. Mm. That's right. Plus it's a long way. Yeah. Mm. Especially when you're not well. Uh, Particularly from Shetland, yes. Mm. Fair Isle Primary School has a new head teacher. Gillian Maxwell will be coming with her family to begin her new job in February. The appointment comes four months after the Shetland Islands Council advertised a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to become part of the 60-strong Fair Isle community. There was a picture in the Shetland Times of the school in the teacher's house. What a view of the sea they had. Oh, it was. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. goodness, I'd like that job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah not too much pressure, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Oh, it'd be lovely to be part of the small community like mm, that. Mm. The Red Cross is raffling a doll's house, which the charity first auctioned to raise money for the war effort in 1940. Jan Mouser from Rendell donated the house, which belonged to his late wife, Wendy. When she was small, her family were given the doll's house by her aunt, who had bought it at a Red Cross auction in Ely. It had been made by a local craftsman who based it on a big house in Ely and it is estimated to be at least 80 years old. Wendy and her brother and sisters played with the house, and when they grew up, it was lent to a local school. It was returned to the family, and after many years of neglect, it was in a sorry state. Wendy's sister-in-law took on the project of restoring it, and her family enjoyed playing with it. Wendy learned her sister-in-law didn't know what to do with the house, so in 2015, Wendy jumped at the chance of getting it back. She spent many happy hours arranging and rearranging the house and collecting new furniture and dolls to add to the collection. There were a few of the original dolls and pieces of furniture that Wendy remembered. Since Wendy's death, they wondered what to do with this house. Wendy's sister Carolyn suggested that it should go back to the Red Cross so it could begin another much-loved life with somebody else. The doll's house will be on display in the Kirkwall Red Cross shop until January the 7th, 2022. Wow. So it must a... be quite a big house if it's got dolls yes. and a lot of furniture, yeah. What a treasure. Mm. Mm. Yeah, someone's going to enjoy it. Mm. Mm. Now, planning officials have recommended approval of a controversial new co-op supermarket in Scalloway. It follows earlier approval of a similar store in Sandwick after the planning department received no statutory objections to the proposals for that store. However, there have been objections in relation to the Scalloway store. There are concerns around the potential impact it could have on local businesses. Seamount Property Development, which is behind the new store, states it will provide employment opportunities and enhance local shopping provision in the local area. Mm, yeah, that, as I say, there was a, <clears throat> a picture in the Shetland Times of a small part of Scalloway 
and with this article, and I was really surprised to see the houses were wooden and they were painted blue, red and yellow. They were bright, you know. Oh, how and it looked quite, not really Shetland, uh, mm. definitely Scandinavian, um, you know, building. And, and yeah, by the shape of them that year. You, obviously you haven't been there. No, I haven't been to Shetland, no, no. Mm. Never made it so yet near, but so far, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Now... Take notice that in consequence of many complaints having been made against the disgraceful and barbarous practice of dragging burning tar barrels and other combustibles matter through the town, especially on the mornings of old Christmas and New Year's Day and on other occasions, the commissioners of police are determined by all lawful means in their power to put an end thereto, and therefore they hereby give intimation and due warning to all concerned that every person seen assisting or known to have assisted in preparing, lighting or dragging any tar barrel or other combustible matter through the streets, roads or lanes of this town will be proceeded against, not only for a breach of the public peace, but also for the theft or reset of theft of any article stolen for the purpose of making up these dangerous fires, and the commissioners respectfully request the inhabitants of the town for their own interest to assist in putting down a custom which is alike offensive and dangerous by order of the commissioners A.R. Sanderson Clark. And I think that was earlier this century. It was a, a notice that I saw somewhere in the year. Oh, I was about to say, is that current? <laughs> no, they don't do it anymore. Well, I don't think they do it. And that was in Strumness too, yes. So, oh, you know, the streets are pretty narrow there. Mm. Consider yourself warned if you were thinking of it. <laughs> yeah, yes, well warned. So please take note. Mm. George Mackay Brown. George Mackay Brown is seen as one of the greatest Scottish poets of the 20th century. He was born on the 17th of October 1921 and died on the 13th of April 1996 in Stromness on the Orkney mainland. He became a well-known poet and dramatist and spent his life documenting the Orkney Islands. Due to illness, his father was restricted in his work and received no pension, so George's youth was spent in poverty. He was educated at the Stromness Academy. After a severe bout of measles at age 12, his lungs were weakened and would be the basis of recurring respiratory problems. His father died unexpectedly in 1940. Then, in 1941, he was diagnosed with then incurable pulmonary tuberculosis and he spent six months in Kirkwall Hospital. George's illness kept him from entering the army at the start of the Second World War and afflicted him so badly he could not live a normal working life. However, this gave him time and space to write. He started work in 1944 with the Orkney Herald, writing on Stromness News, and soon became a prolific journalist. He was encouraged in writing poetry by Francis Scarfe. He was also helped in developing as a writer by Ernest Marwick and Robert Rendell, who were both writers. <coughs> In 1947, Strumness voted to allow pubs to open again, the town having been dry since the 1920s. When the first bar opened in 1948, George first tasted alcohol. He found alcoholic drinks a revelation. They flushed my veins with happiness. They washed away all cares and shyness and worry, he said. I remember thinking to myself, if I could have two pints of beer every afternoon, life would be great happiness. 
<laughs> alcohol played a considerable part in his life, but he says, I never became an alcoholic, mainly because my guts quickly stalled. He didn't like darts or dominoes, only beer and the stories and laughter. He attended New Battle Abbey College, an adult education centre in Midlothian, in 1951 to 1952. And his interest in writing and literature, forged at New Battle, spurred him on to apply to Edinburgh University, where he read English literature, returning to do postgraduate work on Gerald Manley Hopkins. After these years, George returned to Orkney and rarely left. He received a major boost in 1970 when three stories from A Calendar of Love were televised by the BBC. His reputation grew steadily, and he received an OBE in 1974 and was made a Fellow of the Royal Society of Literature in 1977. His final novel, Beside the Ocean of Time, 1994, was shortlisted for the Booker Prize and judged Scottish Book of the Year by the Saltier Society. Over the years, George had 106 books of poetry and novels published. Mm. George converted to Catholicism in 1961 and argued that the conversion never had any great impact on the way he thought or believed, as it had developed over a long period of time. He was diagnosed with bowel cancer, which required two operations in 1990 and a lengthy stay in hospital in Aberdeen. The Orkney Isles are, in George's words, a rich broth pot of races and much of his work was influenced by an interest in the history of the people who lived there. Mm. This is a poem that Dan's going to read now by George Mackay-Brown. Okay. Beach coma. Monday I find a boot, rust and salt and leather. I gave it back to the sea to dance in. Tuesday, a spar of timber worth 30 bob. Next winter, it will be a chair, coffin, a bed. Wednesday, a half can of Swedish spirits. I tilted my head. The shore was cold with mermaids and angels. Thursday, I got nothing. Seaweed, a whalebone, wet feet and a loud cough. Friday, I held a seaman's skull, sand spilling from it. The way time is told on Kirkyard stones. Saturday, a barrel of sodden oranges. A Spanish ship was wrecked last month at the Came. Sunday, for fear of elders, I sit on my bum. What's heaven? A sea chest with a thousand gold coins. <laughs> Rather unusual poetry. That's so him, though. I've just, finished, I... I've just finished reading his autobiography, and it's a really good oh. read. Yeah, well, I, th- I think they're interesting, but I must say here that I have not read any of George's books, mm. but I intend to in the new year. We have the um, George's books in the library. Yes, I will we do. Borrow, yeah, yeah, I will borrow some. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, well, here we are at the end of our programme, the last for 2021. Our outro music is from Kenny Rich. Uh, it's about the Hoos um, CD. We have survived Christmas, and now we have 2022 to look forward to. Will it be an improvement on the last two years? We certainly hope so. We would like to wish everyone a safe and happy and prosperous new year. And cheerio for now. Bye for now.
Thank you.